welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Claire. Uh, this is episode 43. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, this is the first one since I took a, or the first one with a guest since I took a few months hiatus over the course of the summertime. And my guest today is a dude that's relatively new to Austin, Texas, and is originally from Canada. And he, I've been harassing him like at an annoying level to start his own podcast and you haven't yet done it, have you? I've filmed a couple episodes and I've had some that I did a while ago, but haven't committed to, to doing that since we've been talking. Okay, if we want to riff about names and anything like that at any point, just holler at your girl. You probably already have some really good ones. I was talking to a friend just two days ago about one that they're going to launch and they told me the name and all of these different segments they're going to have that like relate to the name. And I'm like, damn, and I really just came out here and said conversations with Claire. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so good. So I don't know that maybe I'm the person for that. But uh, anyway, my guest today is Craig Bongelli, also known as on the internet, the conjugate cowboy. He is a coach online and at Onnit Gym in Austin, Texas. He is a Westside Barbell alumni. We're going to come back to that. And I already said the originally from Canada bit. Um, I want to, as an intro, this is fun. I don't know that I've done this before, but I want to read something that you wrote within the last week, I think, uh, as your intro. And then I swear I'll let you actually talk. Are we good? I'm excited to hear what you picked. Great. Cool. All right. This is a post from your Instagram. It says... I wish I could tell you everything it took to get here. I wish I could tell you about all of the doubt, all of the moments I wanted to quit, all of the moments I was sure I was going to fail. I wish I could show you the nights I would walk Lily downtown, end up on the church steps, and stare into her little brown dog eyes, praying her, uh, for her to tell me how we were going to make it through another week. I wish I could inter introduce you to all of the people I loved and who I thought loved me who turned their back on me as soon as they got everything they thought I could give. I wish I could share all of this with you so you could understand how I feel when I tell you it's all been worth it. I wish, I, I wish you could feel everything I felt in advance. So when you feel it, you understand that even though it seems impossible, it's not. Life can be a brutal ride, but it can also be beautiful. The problem is most people get to the brutal part and think that's it and turn around. I'm telling you it's not, or I'm telling you not to. <laughs> I'm telling you to go through it, to take it, to let it wash over you. If you've got big dreams, you will be baptized by fire. But if you let it forge you into something stronger, your new life can be even better than you've dreamed. Hearing somebody read that back to you, what is that? what are you thinking about? Well, it sounded a lot better than it did in my head. Like the, the intonation and the, the pacing there, I thought sounded really good. Uh, it doesn't, it sounds better hearing it. It sounds wiser than I expect to sound typing it out myself. Checks, checks totally. Uh, have you always enjoyed writing? No, uh, no, I haven't. I didn't know I could write at all until talking about West Side Barbell, uh, the first time I wrote anything outside of very, very minimal work on papers to get through high school to the degree I managed to hang on and get through high school, 
I was trying to figure out how to finance my first trip to Westside Barbell to be mentored by Louis Simmons and had no idea how I was going to afford it after he invited me. So I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, I'm walking around, I'm looking at magazines. I'm like, wow, there's all these muscle magazines. I bet they'd love an article on Westside Barbell. I should tell them I'm a great writer and I'll write it for them and they can pay me in advance and then I can go. How old are you? I was, I think, 20, 20 or 21. Let's say 20. Carry on. And so that was the first thing I, I really attempted to write seriously. I came home from the trip, completely forgot I made this deal with Muscle Mag because uh, they had already paid me, so it didn't matter to me. And then the editor emailed me, I think 24 hours before the deadline. He's like, hey, just want to check in on that article. We, we go to print in 24 hours. I'm like, right, absolutely. I'll send it to you in a minute. I wrote it in an hour and a half, sent it in. And a month later, he contacted Guys, I just want to be clear. Chat GPT didn't exist yet, so he didn't have anybody to help him out. It's been a while. He wrote that by himself. <laughs> and wrote it by hand at first. I felt like my, my thoughts worked better by hand. Um, but wrote it out, sent it to him. And a month later, he contacted me and said it was the best first time article they'd ever put on the muscle mag site in terms of read time click through whatever they whatever metrics they used i was like man maybe i'm okay at this and then after there i've written a few books a ton of magazine articles since and some instagram posts and some instagram posts and some offensive facebook posts but we won't talk about that (laughs) um although i almost wouldn't mind it but we're not going there yet i wanted to to kind of start with that west side story but i love that that just like paints such a clear picture so uh maybe we'll get to west side next but because we're hanging out here give a little bit of, so that's 21 year old you and <clears throat> we had the opportunity to meet before you moved here you kind of came here for a bit hung out checked the place out saw if it was really a good spot for you to move before moving here um And so we got to spend a little bit of time together and the more, it was interesting because, okay, so, so you're a big dude, right? And, uh, and you got big muscles. It's funny. I, I joke. I'm like, uh, I think he moved here because he heard everything was bigger in Texas. (laughs) And so he was like, oh, my people, (laughs) but (laughs) I was taken aback quickly through conversation, hence why we're here. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank My you for pleasure. your time. Uh, but your story is interesting. And obviously, if you write a thing like that, like you, you've seen some things, right? But you're, I, I don't want to overuse this. So I'm hesitant to almost say it, but what I have said about you when I describe you is like what you may be surprised about. Yes, you see this large human with these big muscles that can lift heavy weights with this deep voice and this commanding presence, right? Yes. And also kind of just a big teddy bear, but you're well-read, you're well-written. You are, the, the phrase I'm going to use is like a modern day stoic, which yet again, I don't want to overuse that. But that's truly how after that first at-length conversation, I walked away feeling. I was like, I didn't see that coming. And I mean, I think it's not just because of your demeanor. You just, you're not going to meet anyone in life and assume any of those things. So regardless of what you look like, smell like, act like, talk like, like you just don't expect people to have the depth that you clearly showed that you had. And so then I was like, okay, so we should all hang out more. (laughs) And I'm glad we have. And I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a very high compliment. It's, I mean it. So, 
and of course I know there's so much I don't know, but I do want to kind of go back a little bit to just kind of get through like what, you know, you grew up in Canada. What was that like? Uh, it's a pretty interesting story. So give me the, give me the window shop. The window shop of growing up in Canada. So Canada is fine, but everything in Texas is better. So straight out of the gate. Yeah! I, tell that, I tell that to everybody. They're like, what's it like? I'm like, there's maybe a couple things that are a lateral move. Everything else is an improvement. Um, so I grew up in Canada, pretty normal life until 13 years old. Parents separated, uh, which went very badly for them and kind of for me. So ended up living with my dad for a little bit. At what age? 13. Okay. Absolutely broke. Like broke, broke. Not sure if there's money for food, broke. Um, ended up living on my own, fairly young, still super broke. Um, and I, I talked to the, the girls, my stepdaughters, and carry a lot about different things. Because their life is much different than mine. We were... They're also hilarious, and I love that you include them on your content. The more the merrier. Shout out, Breezy. <laughs> She's going to flip when she hears that. Shout out. <laughs> so to, to give a perspective maybe on, on some of what my early formative years were like... Carrie and Breezy and I were having dinner a couple nights ago and I was like, man, we should make this more often. And when I say me, I mean Carrie. Carrie cooks everything I eat. So I'm, I'm saying we. But the, it's a, the legend of the household. Completely. Golly, I've seen the spreads and I'm like, that woman's a saint. A, that is putting it mildly. Mm. So she cooks this. I'm like, you should make this like every week. She's like, no, you get sick of it. I'm like, I won't get sick of it. She's like, you're going to get sick of it. And I, I use this somewhat facetiously to rile them up because I... I'll use a serious story every once in a while to like jab them. And I'm like, listen, there was a three month period where the only thing I ate was plain spaghetti and salt because it was cheap or I could steal it and I knew how to cook it. Like three months when I was a teenager, that's all I ate. Mm. Every The only thing I ate was that. Yeah, I can't even. And, and you're a teenager at this point. So this is like age 13 to 16. Yeah. Or, you know, well, you said three months, not three years. Sorry. Anyway, somewhere in that range of time. Yeah, and there's a lot of periods, and it wasn't like steak on the on the start of that, and then back to steak on the end of it. But three months where that was exclusively what I ate. Was were you like so you're feeding yourself? Largely for okay, a lot of so years. dad's gone, he's working something. Dealing with a lot of his own stuff, doing okay. the best he can. Yep. I'm gonna interject. I'm so sorry, but I also this is kind of funny. We had a dish that we made. It was one of I, we never ate at home ever. Uh, I was never home, period. EOM is what it was called. And since there are so few dishes that we ever ate, it's easy to recall them. I will say my dad made pancakes on Sunday mornings a lot of the time, and they were ridiculous. They were the size of large plates. Anyway, so I'm not saying it was bad, right? But uh, eating at home was not a thing. EOM stands for end of the month. Guess what it is? What is EOM? Noodles, ketchup, ground beef. See, that? that's legit. No, no, no. And like, I loved it. But it's one of the things you do when you when you don't have a lot of other options. Totally. I and remember ketchup sandwiches. Just ketchup and bread. Yeah, but if you call it a ketchup sandwich, it sounds way better. <laughs> and that was like a luxury at different points. Like, I'm having a ketchup sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But you can't call it ketchup on bread. That yeah. sounds poor. Yeah. Ketchup sandwich. You're right. Now we're into it. What else we got going on in there? Okay. Uh <laughs> Honestly, I would eat that too, though. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, bread's great. Ketchup's great. It's not the worst. No, I'll do it. Um, but these days we do protein. So we got to get some protein in there, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to spaghetti and salt. Yeah. So that was, that's an, 
an easy example of what life was like growing up. Yeah. And I boxed for a long time. I did martial arts and boxed from 13, 14 on boxed at a boxing club. It was the police sponsored boxing academy. So if you had no money, they'd let you box for free, which was awesome. So that's what I did. Uh, by 16, I was working one or two jobs. Like I, I attended school as infrequently as possible to graduate because I really had better things to do. And the better things to do to me were get high if possible. And if I wasn't doing that, I was probably going to try to work somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I'd work as a bricklayer's assistant for a couple hours in the morning, go to school for a bit. I worked at a call center at night or a pizza place or whatever. Mm. Um, at 17, I started bouncing. Um, so I'd mix all of those jobs together. But when I was 17, before the bouncing... Is that normal in Canada? No. Okay. And it was a terrible mistake. A 17-year-old should not be doing that. Um, it was... Like, wicked fun for me at that point. Yeah, I mean, I'd have done it. Yeah, throwing people out of bars I can't get into. <laughs> um, but when I was 17, and a skinny 17-year-old, so I'm six foot two, I weighed 150 pounds. And You know what's funny is you look 6'5". <laughs> so you say 6'2", and I literally was like, you could have told me you were, yeah, 6'5", and I wholeheartedly bet. Anyway, carry on. I think most people lie about their height. So I think there's a bunch of people <laughs> who are 6'2", <laughs> who are saying 6'4", 6'5". Hey, guys, I'm 5'9". Yeah. I'm really... Five seven and some change, but I'm five nine. Um, so I was I was boxing, barely getting through high school, except for history class, which I loved. So I had a teacher who, who was very kind to me. Her name was Lynn Richardson, and she invited me to the Highland Games. So the Highland Games, for those who aren't familiar, are well, they have a collection of events, but they have something called the heavy events, which are like the precursors to track or to field events. Now you throw rocks, you flip telephone poles absolutely wild mm. she's like you need 40 hours of community service to graduate come to the games for the weekend work the heavy events because she was involved in organizing it work the heavy events i'll sign off on your 40 hours no matter how how long you're there I'm like cool i accept so i show up and i meet scotland's strongest man his name is jamie barr because uh, the, the highland games in fergus ontario is massive like okay. they have the world championships there some years okay so he he rolls out Six foot two, 270, covered in tattoos. And I felt like I had been hit by lightning. I'm like, this is a man. I have never seen a man before in my life. This is what a man is supposed to be. Guys, for the record, that's basically what Craig weighs and has tattoos. And I'm just saying, I don't know if you've put that together, but you might be that dude now. The tribal tattoo on my arm. I took a picture of him to a tattoo artist. I'm like, I want something inspired by this and had it done. Um, so I'm standing there, I'm talking to him and I'm, I'm floored. So the next day I call my boxing coach. I quit. I go to the library. I get every book I can get on lifting weights. I start going to the school gym. Like I am, I am committed. I'm like, I have to become a professional strongman. So at this point you're doing boxing. So you're, you're athletic, but you're not like big. I'm 150 pounds at six foot two. I'm tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Skinny, skinny. Yeah. So I'm like, this is what I have to, I have to do this. So five years later, I was 300 pounds. I doubled my body weight competing as an amateur strongman. A couple years later, I'm 320 plus competing as a professional strongman and, and doing it. But it was meeting him mm. that it was, it genuinely was like being struck by lightning. I, it was like meeting a mythological figure. So let me tell so let's, let's go like when you say struck by lightning, it felt intense. 
what was it? Like, was it, you saw this man and you were like, that's a man. Like, that's something I can model myself after. That's something I can get behind. Uh, what is that? I mean, it was shocking to you. It sounds like, had you just not met people who carried themselves that way? Like, why was it lightning? That's a great question. Um, I'll give you the best answer I can. And then okay. I'll give you my philosophical opinion if you'd like it. But I, I assume it's like the first time people saw special effects in a movie or the first time they saw a colored show on TV yep. or the first time they saw a car drive by when Ford started producing vehicles. It's like, I didn't even realize this could exist. Yeah. yeah I, how is this real? Totally. Like that type of feeling. Yep. And philosophically, if I could dabble in that. Get in there. I, I believe that the things that we admire or the things that catch our attention are a, are a signpost towards the things we're meant to do with our lives, whether it's God, the universe, however people are comfortable phrasing it. Sure. I think those things are planted in us and the things that catch us, whether it's, wow, that's an amazing family. That guy's got a beautiful wife. That guy's got an incredible career. That person's making a difference in the community. That's a great watch. That's a, those are amazing biceps. Whatever it is that stirs you that deeply, mm -hmm. I think is a, is a big flashing light that way too many people ignore as to what you are meant to pursue. Mm. Okay. I like it. That, that's good food for thought. I can't, I can't, now I want to go back in my brain and think through like, what are those moments for me? Who were those sources of inspiration for me? Um, and I'm a very experiential learner. I take time to learn things. Uh, okay, so I want to get to the West Side part. Okay, so you go and you start reading books and you're not really attending school. But that's kind of, I think, one of the things I want to point out. Now, we know that, that this happens these days, right? But, like, you didn't go a formal, traditional route with anything. And yet, what did I receive upon meeting you the very first time, this person's well-read. And so I think the only real thing I want to drive home there is just that, like, there's no one way to get there, right? And you can become well-read and you can become a scholar whenever you so choose, right? It's been so cool for me to have only started to read physical books in the last couple of years. I mean, I didn't even read in school. Like I just didn't, cause I did the whole, we just don't attend school thing. And, and I was brushed under the rug cause there were bigger uh, problems for that school. And so I was allowed to just skate through the whole thing without ever even showing up pretty much. So anyway, um, it's been great because in the couple of years that I've started to read books, I read a lot faster than I did two years ago. And uh, it, it's just exciting because I, to think that you can start that at any point, you know, so you started doing that relatively young. Um, and so it just, it makes sense when you, like you just told me an example of a trip that you went and took because you were curious about this cultural situation. And I'm like, everything about what you just said is so abnormal, but it's just exciting because, you know, you just never know, like you get to decide whatever you're like, I want to learn something about this or I want to change this behavior. You just can. So anyway, tangent off. Okay. I do want to go to your West Side Barbell story. Absolutely. So you love that one. I love West Side. Um, I love everything about it. <laughs> so I was relatively strong, probably very strong to normal people's standards, relatively strong to professional strength athlete standards. Yep. I was 21 years old, maybe. 
2021. We just talked about that with the magazine. I always get the age wrong. Early 20s. Yep. I'm in my very early 20s. Yep. And I'm, I'm deadlifting in the gym. And I'm doing something called a rack pull for people who aren't familiar. So you raise the bar up a little bit. And I'm doing a mid-shin rack pull with somewhere in the high 600s, low 700-pound range. And I'm pulling against the bar. And I feel a pop in my right SI joint. So just over my right butt cheek. And it feels like something explodes. And warm liquid is leaking into the inside of my body. This is a problematic experience. And uh -huh. if anybody, <laughs> I wish everybody could see the look on your face as I describe this. <laughs> um, so I, I very slowly stand up, can't take any of my weights off the bar, and I go home. No. And I am stuck in bed for days. I'm a wreck. So I'm very unhappy with this. Sure. So I start Googling lower back injuries, problems with deadlift, etc. Oh, by now Google exists. That's great. By now Google exists. <laughs> And so I'm laying there and I find something called the Westside Barbell Book of Methods by Louis Simmons. And I download the free PDF version, and which I like pirated, obviously. So if you want to read Louis' books, buy them from Westside. They deserve your support. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. be like Craig. Yeah, Craig was, <laughs> Craig was broke. He was Craig struggling. was desperate. He was, he was like that person that broke into my car last night. They was just out here trying. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. So I download the book and I read it and it details everything about my training that I'm doing now that I think is right and explains how it's going to go wrong and how it's going to lead to injuries and problems like I am currently experiencing. So this blows my mind. Mm. So I get to the end of the book and Louis in his book references a few others. So I'm like, cool, Google that, download the free pirated PDF copy, read those. And there is, to my mind, a conflict between how some of the books he references talk about ideas and how he interprets them. So I'm laying there. Ah, like I don't understand. But in the back of the West Side Book of Methods, back in the day, they printed the gym phone number. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to call. So I call. I leave a message. Hey, this is my name. This is my, my list. These are why I'm calling. These are my questions. And a couple days later, I'm driving, and I get a phone call. And I look down. I'm like, what is that area code? And it's Ohio. So I pick up the phone, and he's like, hey, this is Louis Simmons. I'm like, oh, my God, this is Louis Simmons. He's like, yeah, I, I just said that. I'm like, right, this is Louis Simmons. He's like, yes, like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> it's Louis Simmons. I'm calling you back. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you for calling me. Um, you know, here's my name. Here's everything I left in the message. You know, this is what I'm confused about because I read the book of methods, then I read this, then I read this. And he goes, wait, you, you read those books? I go, yeah. He goes, why? Why? because well, I read your book and you referenced those books and I wanted to understand. He's like, you read all of these books. I'm like, correct. He's like, how old are you? What do you lift? And didn't even get to my question. He's like, cool, you should come down to the gym. I'm like, to, to Westside? He's like, yes. And Westside, for those who don't know, is invitation only. Not like, open to the public. You do not show up to Westside. Yep. Like, it's, it's not the place you go. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being invited to Westside was huge in the strength world. Mm. Like it was a, it was like Zeus calling you, being like, "Hey, why don't you come up to Mount Olympus for a visit?" Like that's how it felt. So I'm like, "Okay, I'll come to I'll come to Westside." He's like, "Great. When can you be here?" I have no idea when I could be there. I'm like, "Uh, four weeks. I can be there in four weeks." He's like, "Cool, click." And then I. I go down this rabbit hole of how am I going to afford getting to Ohio, yeah. which is the magazine, et cetera, et cetera. But that was how I got to Westside. Dude, 
Okay, so I, I really seem to be really hung up on this book situation. <laughs> Sorry. But my thing with that is like, what motivated you to read? Because here's the thing. Like, I mean, I like got to the back half of my, well, I got into my 30s before I got motivated enough to do that. And you got motivated a lot younger to start doing that. And I just have a lot of curiosity because, because clearly what I have found is that reading books is incredibly powerful. And so... Uh, based on my personal bias there, I'm quite hung up on the fact that you started to read a lot. What about that at that age of life? Like what allured, why did you choose to do that? Like, why weren't you just in the club? Like, why weren't you just in the gym lifting weights? I don't know. I guess you couldn't have scrolled TikTok yet, but like, I don't know, on chat forums, playing video games. Like why, why were you reading? I... I always say this to Carrie, and I've been saying this to her for a long time. Um, I am so curious. Like, curiosity kills the Craig. I am curious about everything. When I was 12, I started going to a Catholic church because I had read a children's Bible and wanted to understand it. When I was 14, I would spend time at a Buddhist temple downtown talking to the monk, reading the books they would give me. And it's not always been strictly re religious. Mm. But I'm really curious about stuff. I just finished two books about quantum physics because I had heard something about it somewhere randomly. It was like, I don't understand anything about this. So I went and bought some books and started reading it. And it's always just been to satisfy my curiosity. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's curiosity. All. That's so cool. Uh, my, I have a family member who actually built a, a business that is identified in the business world as a unicorn, right? Crazy, crazy, rare, Wild. right. Uh, and love them dearly. Anyway, recently we met up because I had gone through some stuff in life and was feeling pretty eaten up with self-doubt. And so I went to see these family members that I trust and that, uh, are loving, you know? So I go see him and we had a conversation and he said, this is interesting. I'm not used to seeing you operate from a place of self-doubt and that's where you are right now. And that's okay. It's just not what I'm used to seeing. And now I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't know which way is up and the floor just fell out and I'm terrified. And, uh, he said the next day before I left, he said, Claire, just so you know, and he was attempting to be helpful with me. And the interesting thing is I was so in the thick of it that he's asking questions about what I want to be doing professionally, yada, yada. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I'm not even in a stage of being able to answer these questions because I'm so scared. And so thankfully we've made headway, right? And we're like actually making an income and we're back. Hey, we're here, you know? So this is, we're, we're get, climbing out of this hole. Uh, and this shit just happens. It's being human, right? I'm not even mad about any of it. And I wasn't then, uh, but it was scary. Anyway, the next day before I leave, he was just kind of instilling some belief and being honest. And he said, I believe in the fact that whatever you do, will work. One, you've shown me historically that that checks, but two, you and I share a trait. And I said, okay, cool. Yeah. Like what, what is that? And he said, curiosity. He said, you're curious and that will make you successful at whatever you do. So 
that's cool. That was a really cool experience for me. And I'm very grateful that I have a family member that sees that in me and that stoked that fire and you name it, like nothing but gratitude for that. But the reason to tell that story in this format is perhaps just to say that like, who's to say that you can't just decide to become more curious. Maybe it wasn't like deep within you all the time, but maybe you realized it was a value that, or, or you know, something that, that people who do well in life who achieve great things, who give get good quality of life, like they seem to share this trait of curiosity. Like, okay, so I'm gonna become more curious. I think that is a good idea for people to embrace, but I also think if someone's not curious, at minimum they're not paying attention, and at most they're they're probably stupid. It is insane to me that anyone can walk around in the world. Sure. And not feel curious. Right. It's it's hard for me to relate to that idea in any fashion. Yeah. Like if you're not curious about something, check your pulse. Check your pulse. <laughs> like make sure you haven't been somehow sedated and you're unaware. <laughs> like look around. There right. are amazing things everywhere. Yes. Yes. That is that is within you. Yet you see it everywhere that it's not. I see a lot of people who I think are sedated. Yeah. Intentionally or otherwise. Okay. Um, but I, I think if people were to stop and try to pull themselves out of that for a minute, if they were to stop numbing themselves out with porn or Netflix or drugs or booze or, or their cell phones, they would find a lot of things to be curious about. And it doesn't have to be philosophy. It doesn't have to be creating a, a great unicorn business. It doesn't have to be anything that is stereotypically amazing or impressive to people. Mm. Just look around. Be like, that is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. That catches my attention 1% more than everything else I'm looking at right now. Mm. And dig into that. And from there, you'll start to pull the string. Like, uh, is it a clown, a magician? Who pulls up? Is it a string out of their, their sleeve where it just keeps going forever? Or a handkerchief? Oh, uh... Okay. There's I a magic trick. Uh, there's, like an, this, right? there's an image happening in my brain. Yeah. And it unravels. Yeah. 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 That's how it works. Yeah. You don't have to know everywhere that you're going, mm -mm. but you, you just start to start to pull a little bit. Mm -hmm. And from there you'll find, Oh, I didn't know that even existed. And now that's a little more interested and then pivot over there. But if, if someone isn't feeling that, if someone isn't feeling that and they're positive, they're not an idiot, then they should just pay a little more attention. When you say pay a little more attention, what is a recommendation that you would give to pay more attention? How? If they're on their phone, if they're looking at porn, if they're doing all these number of different things that are what you would maybe identify as a distraction or a numbing technique, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, even unknowingly, because so often we do those things and we don't even recognize that we're doing them, right? But like you wake up and you recognize that you're not present uh, yeah, what would you recommend that they do? What I would recommend is whatever social media platform they use most, be it Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, go to that thing, which I am positive pays more attention to your life than you do and likely knows you better than you know yourself and click on the suggested stuff and then look for something interesting there. Is it suggesting skateboarding videos to you? Is it suggesting things about stoicism to you? Is it suggesting things about cars? Is it suggesting things about 
I don't know, kite flying. Like literal out in the park flying a kite. I have no idea what it's going to suggest to you. <laughs> but it's paying attention to you. And it's figuring out what you care about and what you're interested in to a level that, that, almost, that almost nothing else can. Mm-hmm. Find a thing or there. Will. Or will. Because nothing else is that interested in you. Yeah. yeah. Go there. Find something. And then go find something to do with it in real life. Go experience it in some way in real life. And you'll either, maybe you hit on the one in a million, you're like, wow, flying novelty kites was exactly what I needed. Or you get out there and you're like, oh, this isn't as good as I thought. But there's people in the kite store who make model planes. That seems really cool. And then five years from now, who knows? Maybe you're making World War II model planes, or maybe you're flying drones. Or maybe you're not doing any of those things because it's Mm -hmm. taking you down a completely different path. Mm -hmm. But how hypnotized we are on our phones, mm-hmm. I think it's bad news for us as a society. Totally. But you can use it to figure out what you're interested in in real life because it's trying to figure that out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you treat it like a tool, you know, becoming like, what the heck am I doing here? Okay. So that then has me going somewhere else. But before we go there, I want to ask, what is your for you look like? When you go to your whatever page, whether it's, yeah, what, what's on yours? We'll say what's on yours and then I'll say what's on mine. On mine, is, it's probably a four or five-way split between supercars, watches, primarily Omega watches, which it has figured out are my favorite, uh, strongmen, CrossFit girls, uh, and then probably like dorky dad joke memes because I will send those to Carrie and Breezy constantly. I probably send them six, seven memes a day. <laughs> I love it. I lo- I will say the, the, the comedy piece of content is so I literally, it's been interesting for me recently to actually, I, I, so one, I had a TikTok and I was like reposting stuff over to it, of course. And cause I was told that I should, but I never hung out on there. And then I like the account just disappeared and I didn't even try to log on for many months. I've recently decided to log back on and I had to like get access back to the account. Uh, but I've started to spend a little bit of time on there because, and I understand it's like, I understand for, for America, right? They say that it's feeding us stuff. That's whatever. Anyway, because it's like silly, like it's, it's not serious. And so mind you, I don't spend a lot of time there. I have to pay attention uh, to those things. Cause that's important to me. But I enjoy that that detail of being able to go onto one of these platforms and get a good laugh. You Absol- know? Absolutely. Totally. These, it has its place. Complete, these are addictive because there is a utility there, because yeah. there is something enjoyable about it. Yeah. Completely. But what is your For You page? Well, what hold on. You... I'm sorry. I'm not done. Because you said. Curiosity <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. We're gonna, trust me. We're going to go there. Uh, <laughs> I'm literally going to pull it up, actually, uh, just to make sure I'm right. Like, I definitely have a few on the top of my head, but I want to be as accurate as possible and not leave anything out. So, uh, with yours, you said CrossFit girls. And given my background, uh, who's your favorite CrossFit girl? I don't know any. You well, don't know Hannah them. from the gym. Oh, shout out Hannah Black! Um, like, hey. But to be honest, I think it recognizes I'm into I'm into weightlifting. I'm into fitness. A lot of people I'm connected to or follow or follow me are into that. But I get like mildly provocative CrossFit girl posts. But it's got to be looking at a cross section of my interests, like sure. lifting weights. Male seems to be straight. I assume I can pull that out. Like, we should probably show him the yeah. slow motion 
girl in a sports bra skipping. Right. Like that makes sense to me is what it's totally planning. Totally. Okay. I like it. Uh, we're going to my for you now. And what do we have? Oh, I've been doing a lot of like partner gym challenges and boy, has it figured me out. Cause that is all over this. <laughs> uh, aside from that, typically, although, oh, there's some, okay. Nails. Cause I, oh, I, check out nails for nail inspo by the way my spooky season nails are on and it's a happy halloween vibe because we have smiley faces but then we have ghosts and bats and anyway um okay if you couldn't tell i'm into it other than that uh motivational quotes and whatnot or just like self-helpy type stuff motivation porn oh thousand percent um and food i and the food is predominantly sweets that are high in protein i think that about sums it up that makes sense yep she knows me well okay anyway uh that took us off of the the path of where was i headed with that okay so oh just that you are a rather fired up individual about this whole mindless wandering through life predicament that many, many individuals find themselves in. Uh, this discontent, lonely, anxious, depressed state that an exorbitant amount of humans are just hanging out in, pissed off about, and stuck in. And it's fun to watch you get a little riled up about it. So I'm going to stoke that flame and say get after it. The, the, there are things that are upsetting to me on multiple levels about that. Um, I'm, I'm upset with the people I see trying to monetize that feeling in a, in a nefarious way, in my opinion. But even more than that, I am upset with the people who are living it, who are continuing to choose the things that make them feel that way while complaining about the thing. Because I'm down. If somebody wants to waste their life, if they want to be pathetic, if they want to be an, an embarrassment, and I mean that not just, I mean that even outside of my perspective, mm -hmm. where I'm like, I'd be embarrassed to be you. What I mean is in any culture, in any timeline that I am currently aware of, in any religious or personal philosophy I've ever read, no one in history would be happy to be like you. Mm -hmm. No one would be proud of it. Mm -hmm. And they continue to choose that while also continuing to complain about it. I cannot stand it. Mm -hmm. If you want to be sloppy, mentally or physically, lazy, if you want to pursue nothing of value, even of eternal value, you can absolutely do that. I won't understand or respect it, but it's your choice. Mm -hmm. But then when you complain about it, it drives <laughs> me crazy. <laughs> like, I, I watch people so often and I watch people attempt to comfort people who are in that spot. And they're like, oh, I feel kind of worthless today. I feel kind of depressed today. I feel bad about myself today. And people tell them to feel better. I'm like, no, they're, they're, they're just about to crack. This, don't make them feel better. Yep. Tell them they're right. Yep. Wow, I feel kind of worthless. Of course you do. You do nothing of worth for yourself, for anyone else. Like, stop it. Like, let's, the only chance people are going to have, I think, when they get close to that, is if the people who care about them are honest with them. And I, 
I do get a little heated about it. I'm on my you way have, there. By right the way, now. guys, his physical demeanor has shifted, and he is now on the edge of his seat. There's a you can't see this. I'm sorry, we're audio only right now. Uh, <laughs> carry on, but like it's working. <laughs> it's working. It's just we all. It's so cliche. We get one life, and whether you believe that that was given to you by God, whether you believe there was some type of universal power that allowed you to be here. Whether you believe strictly that just the fact that your ancestors fought to stay alive from the dawn of humanity to now, to birth you, something has done a lot of work to allow you to have one chance at doing this. Mm. And I can go into the cliche like, you know, I almost died and here's what I learned from it and blah, blah, blah story. But even without that, even without me leaning on that, because that's a crutch for me to use as a story. I feel like it allows me to like, I can talk about dying or I could talk about you only get one life in a way other people can't. And I don't think you need that story to do it. You only get to do this one time. One time. You get to write a story mm. however you want. And some people are just peeing on the page. And I, I cannot understand how they're willing to disrespect themselves, their family, God, the universe, mm -hmm. by not taking not taking any steps forward. Everybody gets to be their own hero. Sure. Well, so, okay, so you can be a slob. You can be a whatever. You want to just do nothing, be nothing, whatever. That's cool. Like, you do that. But don't complain about your state. Don't complain. Don't whine. Don't, don't put it on anyone else. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think, what I want to unpack. And by the way, still, I feel like because I'm such a, like, oftentimes, like, love everyone whatever that i almost like calmed you whenever i wanted you to get angry because <laughs> you get guys go to his instagram he gets angry um anyway and i love it uh but we had a conversation before we started recording we were talking about walking through stuff in life and uh the specific example came up about a situation that's occurred in my past and how it would, I would have historically done a number of, like the way that I would have carried myself about that narrative would have been different, but I've been shown different tools today and how to look at where self showed up and to look at my own actions and to own my part and understand that if I can, like there's just a number of different actions that I've been shown to take about how to navigate this thing to where like I walked through this specific situation in a very different disposition. And what it did do for me was it removed me being a victim. I don't get to like, and I, whenever the thing occurred, I didn't get to be a victim. And right now, not a victim. And like as a direct result of using those tools and having a different mindset about it, which has been taught to me, uh, you don't like that. Like no one else holds that power. It's nobody else's responsibility. I don't like it, it just, it, it's so cool because I can think about real life, tangible examples of this whole complain about it thing where historically I had to walk through the versions of me that it was everybody else's fault. Right. Like, and, and it's just interesting. And, and so I'm just using my own experience here, which, but, but like, I do feel that it is relatable that it, you know, that you can be sold a narrative growing up that 
it's everybody else's fault. Right. And, and so I'm, I live in America. I've lived in America my whole life. Right. And like, there's this whole healthcare system that it's all their fault. You know, there's this whole, uh, you know, the food industry, it's all their fault, whatever. And it's like, no, it's not. No, it's literally not. Now, not that the system's going well, because I think we can all agree, like, we got a lot of problems going on. But, like, I have agency. I get to make decisions. If I don't want to play your game, I can take better actions every single day to stay out of your game. But even if it's... I think everything you just said is true. But let's say... It is the system's fault. It's someone else's fault. It's whomever's fault you would like. Okay. It's still your problem. Yes. It's still your problem. Not your fault. Still your problem. Yeah. And we could do that with the whole childhood bit, right? Like 13-year-old, you didn't make the decision that your parents would split and you'd be eating spaghetti with salt for three months. Like, you didn't make that choice. No. And there's but a, it was your problem. Completely. And there's a million things like that. I remember I, a few parts of my body feel bad most of the time. I have a limited amount of feeling in my right hand. A lot of days it's completely numb. Some days it feels really bad. I've got gravel in my left knee from a motorcycle accident. I was on my motorcycle. Somebody changed lanes in a roundabout and hit me, and I ate it at 40 kilometers. Well, let's talk miles. At <laughs> almost 30 miles an hour. Um, Did you know my... Same. This. Right here. Same anyway. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Went down about the same pace. Anyway, go ahead. Motorcycle. So I've got gravel in my knee. Yep. But when I hit the ground, I had to get up. They hit me and they drove away. I still had to get up. Yep. I still had to figure out what I was doing. Yep. It didn't matter that it wasn't my fault. It, it doesn't matter. And I think there's a very, I think there's a lot of utility in assuming that everything is your fault. Mm -hmm. I take the belief that everything that happens that I am aware of, that I care about, is my fault. If, if something were to happen to Carrie or, or Breezy today, going to or from school, if something went wrong, big or small, mm. I always look at everything as if it's 100% my fault mm. and look for reasons that that's true and then I can improve. However, even if you don't want that philosophy at all, it's not my fault. Cool, it's not your fault. It's not your fault you're fat. It's not your fault you're sick. It's not your fault you don't have enough money. It's not your fault you don't have the relationship you want. It's not your fault that any goddamn thing you can think of Come on. is not your fault. It's not your fault. I completely agree. What are you going to do about it anyway, though? But it is your problem. It's your problem. Okay. I like that. I, I don't, the, the, the your fault thing, I definitely, yeah. I'm, but I love the, that it's your problem. Because I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can not buy into that. You know, you hear it and it's like, no, quite literally is your problem. I don't care who you're blaming for the thing, whether it's yourself or somebody else or whatever. It's still the thing that you need to deal with. Yeah, that's the only way out of it. Yep. Okay, so relationships. I didn't even plan to ask you anything about that, but you mentioned, you know, that in this last little tangent you went off on, and you're married and you got kids. Yes. And you like it seems like to be good. Getting married was the best decision I've ever made. I want you to talk top, about that. Top two, top two best decisions I've ever made. Um, what about it? Would you like to know? Simply, why is that? something that you define as being a net positive in your life? Well, net positive is almost too subtle. Get after it. I think, I think that for men, and this is just a personal belief, there are beliefs I have that I push on everyone else. And I think if they don't agree with me, people are wrong. This is strictly a personal belief. 
I believe that men who want to be what I would define as a good man, mm. and, and a good man, I think there is a lot of the classical male ideas. I believe being a good man essentially comes down to protecting and providing. Mm. And people always interpret those as the, the most outward things, providing as money, protection as physical. I think there's also an internal component of both. But I think for men who want that, who want to be a traditionally good man, they need a good woman. And I think the synergy of that allows you to be a better man. It motivates you to be a better man. You used the word need just now. That wasn't subtle. You put that there on purpose. Need. I don't believe you can be as good of a man as you're capable of being without a good woman. I think that's cool. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was having a conversation at some point within the last week. I have so so many conversations. I don't remember like where they were all the time or whatever. But anyway, just about, um, oh, shoot. And now it's gone. Oh, no. This is great because we can't cut this. This is how this works now. Um, we were going through men needing. Women. A woman. I don't know. Keep going. It'll come back. I if think it doesn't, that, that's quite all right. I think that is essentially it. I think women and subsequently families are a driver that activates something different. I think there are things you have to have in life or experience in life that open up different levels of yourself. Mm. I think there's different amounts of pressure or different amounts of, you know, the cliche, the grandma lifted a car off her grandson. It's almost that type of idea. I think yeah. there are certain experiences or, or pressures or drivers you need if you want to get into a certain gear. Yeah. And Carrie, for me, has been transformative in that. She, she makes me a better man, but also makes me want to be a better man. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, I love her, and I am publicly requesting your time, Carrie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but the conversation came back was simply I was talking to a friend about girlfriends that I have. And I said, well, typically, typically for me, uh, I choose to surround myself with often women who are married. They have a set of principles they choose to live by that I respect. And they have something I want. And that's like who you want to hang out with, right? So it was just interesting in that conversation when we were speaking about women, whatever. Uh, it was like, oh, yeah, like I seem to be, I personally gravitate uh, to married women for, for friendship. I think that's a cool thing. I think, I think the idea of getting around people who are living some of the things that you want mm -hmm. or are demonstrating the values you want to bring out of yourself, that makes sense. Yep. Like if you... If you are interested in doing crack, the shortest route there will be hanging out with crackheads. If you're doing CrossFit, make some CrossFit friends. Totally. Like it, it's very simple, and it sounds like I'm joking, but it, I mean it. No, yeah, and that is that could be literally out of this entire podcast today. Could be the most tangible, practical, useful thing right there alone. What if you want to be somebody? Go find some people doing that thing. Com and the beautiful thing is, there's all these places that you can go that those people hang out, and you just show up, and suddenly you're a part of it. Uh, of course, because it's such a, it's such a simple idea. People mm -hmm. who are passionate about something will like people who are interested in that thing. Mm -hmm. 
you make friends really quick being mm-hmm. like, hey, you're really good at X or you're really into X and I think I like X too. Yep. They're like, cool, come be my little buddy and let me show you this. Totally. It's, it's your clients. Yeah. It's the people that you work with. You know, it's taking someone who doesn't even understand how to, you know, the proper mechanics of an air squat. Can't, I mean, literally just nothing, 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 nothing. And uh, suddenly, because they're interested in it, and they're willing to hire you in this example um, to work with you, to befriend you, to reach out to you. Now, you're suddenly interested in them. You know, it's what I think about with my own clients. I'm like, I like, I like care about how their life is going now, you know? And they were just interested in something that I just had a little bit of knowledge about because I got interested in it a few years prior to they did, you know? Yeah, like it's, it's that easy to make a connection that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to, we're going to uptick this a bit. We're going to go a little lighthearted. I, these are rapid fire. And so, um, I say rapid fire, it's not that dramatic and you can hang out if you want on it, but, uh, (laughs) favorite exercises for specific body parts because Jack dude, you're a Jack dude. Okay. Uh, so for all of the men and women, because shout out ladies, (laughs) you can work out like this and look stellar okay so just saying uh but also jack dudes are going to enjoy this so what is your favorite one you only get one okay now we understand you're going to do multiple in your workouts typically whatever but we are going down to the favorite i'll play the game fairly i promise okay are you sure you don't want me to explain it further uh you can give me another yeah give me another round of explanation i think (laughs) okay so you only get one choice don't mess this up all right i think you got it okay back back okay so my top three for back um, <laughs> pull-ups 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 all right you know what i said rapid fire i lied why why i two reasons one i think they're a phenomenal you've got you're either going to pull things vertically or you're going to pull them horizontally for back yes i think back work is probably more functional when you're pulling horizontally if you want a really strong back but if you want a good looking back i think vertical pulling is better and pull-ups are impressive when you see somebody do a lot of pull-ups, it's neat. Yep. And I think that's worth something. Dude, that couldn't have, I couldn't have, lo- you're annoying how much I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I've literally, from from the education I've received, it is the horizontal is really freaking good. Uh, but yeah, pull-ups are like cool. Yeah, and they'll make your back look really good. Yeah. You know what it's like? Yeah. Lot development. Right. And you'll look neat doing it. And women, that means that even for you, you just build the hourglass. That's those, you know, that's the upper part of your back. And like the bigger it gets, the smaller your waist looks. And also dudes, same principle applies and you like that. Uh okay, which then we have to note that we just did a pull up challenge at on it very recently. Your body weight is two mid two sixties. Sixty five. Two sixty five, two sixty eight. Okay. So that's your current body weight. And how many strict, and these were legit. I was there. I watched it. They were real strict pull-ups, overhand pull-ups. Did you do? I got 22. Yo, that's, that's so many pull-ups with so much weight. I don't know if any, maybe if you're not like a gym bro, then this doesn't sound as like impressive. Cause we just like don't have context, but like, if you're a gym bro, like you get it. Like that's insane. But you have to be someone who understands. I was on it. The Onnit supplement arm put out a video on their Instagram of a few of us trying to flip over a kettlebell, like yes. turn it with our wrist from one side to the other. Yeah. Aubrey, who I've been referring to as Breezy, the 15-year-old daughter, sees this video and looks at me and goes, and she was there for the pull-ups. 
he was there for me hitting 22 pull-ups. He's seen me deadlift sure. six, 700 pounds. I've shown her videos of me lifting cars. Sees this video. She goes, wow, you're actually strong. And it <laughs> caught me. I'm Shut like, up. this out of everything you've ever seen. a kettlebell. I walk around at 265 with abs. You've, you've seen me do all of these. This is... This is the thing that got you, huh? This is the thing that's impressive. Okay, I love it. So, I don't know. Most people might not care about the pull-ups at all. She didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Contextually, if you're not into it, it's not that impressive. Or yeah. Really, I don't know. And I don't even remember how many I got, but I was proud of whatever it was, too. But also, I walk at a significantly lower body weight. So, moving on. Uh, shoulders. <sighs> Military press. Super boring there. Military press, so that's a strict overhead press. Strict standing overhead press. Got it. Overhead, we're making it compound. Okay. Uh, chest. Don't mess this up. You only get one shot. Low incline dumbbell bench. Good answer. Low incline. You incorporated shoulder into the chest. I see what you did there. Um, a little bit. An upper pec looks cool. Looks cool for everybody, men yeah. and women. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I could care less about pressing, honestly. Uh, but I did get to work out with a power lifter last week. Yeah. I saw that video. Yeah. That workout was very impressive for both of you. Dude, insano. I'll ha I'm going to have him on soon. But uh, that guy's like turbo, crazy strong. I didn't know that. Like I did, I agreed to do the workout and I show up and I was like, bro, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? It was so impressive. Um, but yeah, and I, we did like pause bench and I think I hit 145 for three or four pause That's bench. Really something like that. Yeah. And I don't even do that. So anyway, whatever. And that was barbell. And I'm a big, big fan of dumbbell over barbell personally. Anyway, quads. Oh, squats, front squats. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Front load that. Yeah. All right. Hamstrings. Give me them hammies. Stiff leg deadlifts. Stiff leg deadlift. So by that, do you mean RDL? I would actually go with traditional stiff leg deadlift off the floor. Okay. Okay. Now, I want you to, I want to see, I want to see a video. Make sure that I understand specifically. I think I do. But so there's a slight knee bend. Very slight. Okay. And other than that, the back does not round, or it does a little. Uh, there's options for both. I would do it with a flat back. Okay. But a round back stiff leg deadlift does exist as a thing. Yes. You just keep the spine in the same position through the movement. Yes. Cool. Uh, glutes. Good mornings. God, you're such a lover of barbells. I'm assuming you have a barbell. A barbell good morning? Yeah, yeah. That's what you mean, right? Yeah. Probably a safety squat bar. Have we said anything that isn't barbell for you yet? Dumbbell bench. I guess so. Pull-ups. Oh, true, 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 true. Okay. Well, no. Even your shoulders was still yeah. a barbell press. Tell me you like a barbell without telling me you like a barbell. Uh, okay. Calves. Hill sprints. Oh. Okay. That's rude. Yeah. That's there we go. Rude. By the way, if you're going to go do hill sprints, make sure that you warm up sufficiently so that way we have healthy Achilles. Please and thank you. Yeah. Um, biceps. One exercise. <laughs> Cheat dumbbell curls. Cheat dumbbell curls? Yeah. What'd that look like? Like some, some body English on each rep. 
So you, you get to throw your body weight into it a little, a little bit. A little bit. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, triceps. So there's an old school movement called the tricep press, which is essentially coming to, depending on your leverages, somewhere between your lips and your Adam's apple or where your Adam's apple would be if you had one. So skull crushing into that position and pressing off of it. Elbow flexion. Yep. Keeping the barbell. Barbell. This man and his barbells. I respect it. Uh, to your mouth-ish. Mouth-ish. Instead of the traditional overhead. Yes. And then elbow flexion. Yes. And everything's happening at the elbow. Yes. <laughs> I'll try it. They're I've, vicious. I've literally never done it that way. I'll dabble. All right, cool. Okay, so uh, you know what? We are literally right at one hour, so this is great because I even have all sorts of stuff we didn't touch on, which doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like to share here now? Of course, we'll like get your, you know, whatever, and we'll get your handles. We'll get where they can find you and whatnot, but um, is there anything that you can think of that you're like, you know what? I really feel like saying that this morning. The thing I have been thinking so much lately is I, I wish people could understand that they're running out of time. Again, not to be dramatic. No, be I, dramatic. Literally I, get up off of your chair and <laughs> move around. I don't care. I want to see it happen. I've, I've had the moment where I'm like, oh, I'm about to die. Like, I'm, it's over. Like, this is the end of my life. And, like, there was no, like, harp music angels didn't appear there was no white tunnel i didn't have the flashbacks i panicked and hated the fact that i had wasted my life and not accomplished the things that i wished i had accomplished all of us whether we we get the gift of that experience or not are running out of time every second that passes mm -hmm. is never coming back and we have no idea how many more we get mm -hmm. for everyone listening to this like it it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be something you people on Instagram will like. It doesn't have to be the things that I think are important. But God damn it, start trying to operate with a tiny bit of understanding that you're running out of time and the time that you have will be much better, regardless of how much you get. That is the one thing I wish I could I could staple into people's soul so they would act a little bit differently. Yeah. Does that have a lot to do with why you spend the volume of time that you do spend with your family, with your family? Of course. Yeah, because it seems to me, from what I've seen from afar, that you spend a good bit of quality time with those individuals. Yeah, what, and this might be a, a personal flaw of mine, but I don't, I don't have me time. Like, there is no Craig time. Full, obviously, I respect it. I'm a big fan of that. Just, anyway, go ahead. And I'm not saying that necessarily is for everyone. Yeah. But I prioritize how I'm spending my time looking at my time as limited. So are there things I might like to do that are quote unquote Craig time? Sure. They're just five levels below all of the things I'm actually doing mm. because I understand my time is very limited. I, I feel the sand slipping through my fingers constantly. I've felt it since I nearly died. Mm. Every every day, every minute, I, I feel it. I recognize I can't hold on to it. It is passing me by. Mm -hmm. And I prioritize my time based on that, based on the very limited amount of it I feel that I have. 
I made a comment about priorities to you the other day, just via text. And you said something about the fact that that word existed in a singular format until the industrial revolution. So what is your priority? My number one priority is to protect and provide for the people that I love. I will do that. I will choose that above any other action, possibility, anything else. Um, that is my number one priority. And then just below that, just below that is quality time with them. Okay. I like it. Uh, I respect it. Not surprised, but I like it. What are three things that you're grateful for today? Oh God. I am grateful for my wife, Carrie. I am grateful for our daughters and I, I love talking about her. Uh, I had a dog named Lily. I adopted her from the pound uh, shortly after opening my first gym. So I would have been 21. And that dog taught me what it meant to, to love something. Um, and I love talking about her. So I am, I am every day I think about that dog. I am grateful that I had time with her. Okay, Zach, if you're listening to this, this, this I think that section was for you. This makes no sense to Craig as he just looks at me and has no idea. And that's quite all right. But anyway, that's so cool. Okay. I have not had that experience yet. It, so I said getting married was top two decisions of my life. The other one. Oh, yeah. Lily. Yeah. Completely. That yeah. dog changed everything about me. I am, I am a different person for having had that dog. I like it. I suddenly... That's like the the biggest, the best sell I've ever heard about. You should get a dog just happened just now. But anybody listening, I think I should get a dog. Uh, okay. All right. Three, three things that I am grateful for today. I am grateful for your time. I am grateful for the life that you have chosen to live and the fact that you've chosen to come and spend time here now. That is super, super cool. And the fact that anybody's going to get exposure to that and that I get to hold this conversation. That's dope. I am grateful for my mother. It is the closest relationship that I have and the longest enduring that I have. And um, familial relationships are like hard things, right? But they're also uh, so, so beautiful. And so I'm grateful for my mother. And lastly, I am grateful that you liked the coffee. We're going to keep that one light. <laughs> I was going to kick you out if you didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Take a sip. I hand it back. You just throw it on me. <laughs> Literally, it's not hot. It's cold. Are you in like, yeah. So here's your, here's your cold water immersion for the day. <laughs> um, okay. Where can they find you, support you, get coached by you? Where do you exist? Where do I exist? We can take this in a very philosophical direction. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram as the Conjugate Cowboy. You can find me on anywhere else as my name, Craig Bongelli. Uh, and that's it. That's where you should, if you want coaching, if people want help, whatever. Yep. Um, generally, if they just want some good information, I there's a book I'm sure you've read. It's a fairly famous book. But there is a quote in it. You received without payment, give without payment. And obviously not everything I do is free, but I try to genuinely provide value in the same way that my mentors provided obscene amounts of value for me. Mm. Strictly, strictly just to do it, mm. just to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's that book? That is the Bible. 
He made a Bible reference, guys. <laughs> well, we I'll quote the Bible probably more often than is than is normal. But. Yeah, you're also very very well read when it comes to uh, religion, not just Christianity, but many others as well. If people if people can recognize there are books that have influenced millions or billions of lives throughout history, yep, and and not think that maybe they should peruse them, I think they are confused. That was a really good nugget right there. Okay. All right. Uh, I will put that in the description. Guys, I am, this is a solo endeavor at this point as far as the podcast goes, which means that like, <laughs> I might mess things up. Like, I don't know. I, I, I know the section Not to put this, this time, in. Not this time, though. <laughs> Not this time. This is perfect. No, this was, this conversation was excellent. Um, fuego. Uh, but no, like even just putting simply your handles and so on in the right spot. So I think I've got it down. I'll go make sure. But anyway, I'll get his info put there and genuinely you should go follow. You want to watch somebody just get fired up about things that they're passionate about. I mean, like that just does something for me. Like it's exciting to, uh, you know, I feel like we just do exist in this world where it's like, uh, from, you know, don't, the more opinionated you are, the more hate you're going to get and whatever. And so, uh, I, I respect the fact that like you have an opinion and and I don't have to agree with everything you ever say. I respect the fact that you're willing to stand by what you feel is right and true for you. Um, and I think that's really, really cool. That's an admirable trait. I appreciate it. And to be honest, we wouldn't have the relationship we have or we wouldn't have the mutual respect we had have if I thought you were just going to roll over and agree with everything I say to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that either. Yeah. There's something you said on the podcast today that I didn't agree with. It was the whole your fault, your problem thing. And maybe it's, I don't even know the disagree or whatever, but definitely the whole, I do believe that my problem, but your operation of my fault, your choice to operate from no matter what happens, it's go, it's my fault. I think I identify with it's my problem. I don't know that I agree with it's always my fault, but that's where I sit today in this chair right this moment. And I'm a human that has the capacity to change. And maybe if we unpacked it further, I would see something different than I see right this moment. But upon hearing that and receiving that, that was my perception. I'm, I'm good with that. We can, <laughs> we'll have to flesh that out together post-show. Okay. All right. We're wrapping. Um, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. And as always, we hope that you, I said we, I hope you buy into this notion. We'll see. I'll tell you if I don't. <laughs> well, I hope, and maybe Craig does, that you choose to have a beautiful day. Craig does hope that. Craig hopes that too. Peace out.